From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday the 15th of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we cover the apparent collision between a Russian jet and a US drone. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, I sit down with Jack and discuss today's Prime Minister's questions and today's budget. But first, what happened between the US and Russia? Tensions between the US and Russia were raised significantly yesterday after a Russian fighter jet collided with a US drone over the Black Sea near Ukraine. The US accused Russia of unsafe and unprofessional conduct as part of a pattern of dangerous actions by Russian pilots while interacting with US and allied aircraft over international airspace. Russia has denied the accusation and has described the US military's actions as unacceptable. Both sides offer different versions of events, so let's go through what they've said. The US military says one of its MQ-9 Reaper drones, which is an unmanned aircraft, was conducting routine operations in international airspace over the Black Sea on Tuesday morning. Two Russian Su-27 fighter jets were acting in an unsafe and unprofessional way. Several times before the collision, the Su-27s dumped fuel on and flew in front of the MQ-9 in a reckless, environmentally unsound and unprofessional manner. The US European Command then says one of the Russian jets struck the propeller of the MQ-9, causing US forces to have to bring the drone down in international waters, resulting in a crash and complete loss of the MQ-9. This incident, according to the US military, follows a pattern of dangerous actions by Russian pilots, which could lead to miscalculation and unintended escalation. As such, the US summoned the Russian ambassador to convey its strong objections. Russia, on the other hand, denies one of its planes had hit the drone. It says the MQ-9 was flying near Russian-occupied Crimea, with its transponders turned off, and as a result of sharp manoeuvring, went into an uncontrolled flight before hitting the water. Russia's ambassador to the US said the unacceptable actions of the US military in close proximity to our borders are cause for concern. We are well aware of the missions such reconnaissance and strike drones are used for. Russia's military says its fighters scrambled to intercept the drone, but did not use airborne weapons or come into contact with it. Either way, the crash of the $32 million drone reportedly triggered a race to recover the wreckage from the Black Sea. On Tuesday afternoon, the Pentagon spokesperson said at that point in time, to his knowledge, Russia had not recovered the aircraft and that the Defense Department was working to declassify imagery from the incident. Intercepts between Russian and US or allied ships and aircraft are not uncommon, but this incident has highlighted the potential for miscalculation and unintended escalation, which would be best avoiding. Russia says the US should stop flying drones so close to what it called Russian borders, while the US says it will continue to operate in international airspace over international waters, adding the Black Sea belongs to no one. Okay, so that's our main story for today, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. 
One of Taiwan's few remaining allies is seeking to switch its diplomatic recognition to China, a move that will further isolate the self-governing island and leave it with formal diplomatic ties with just 13 countries. Honduras's president, Xiaomara Castro, says she asked her foreign minister to open official relations with China, something she said she wanted to do when she was running for president in 2021. Castro said her intention is to expand frontiers freely in concert with the nations of the world. Taiwan has expressed serious concern, saying it had been a sincere and reliable ally and warned Honduras not to fall into China's trap. China has become increasingly active in Central America in recent years, including backing a large hydropower dam in Honduras. The likes of Nicaragua, El Salvador, Panama and the Dominican Republic have switched their allegiances from Taiwan to China in the past five years or so. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Unrest has broken out in the Pakistani city of Lahore as police attempt yet again to arrest former Prime Minister Imran Khan. Supporters of the ousted Prime Minister gathered outside his home to prevent the arrest being made. Some threw stones and bricks at riot police, who used a water cannon and tear gas on the crowds. The Lahore High Court ordered police to withdraw until 10am on Thursday. The attempted arrest of Imran Khan follows his failure to show up to court on corruption charges, citing security concerns. Khan has been issuing statements through videos and tweets. In one, he called the arrest attempts a mere drama and that the real intent is to abduct and assassinate. The drama and unrest comes as the country looks ahead to an election that is due no later than October, when Khan and his PTI party are fighting to make a comeback after he was ousted in April last year. A new version of ChatGPT has been unveiled today, called GPT-4. This latest AI model from OpenAI can be accessed by those signed up to the $20 a month version. One of the biggest changes with this model is that it can accept images as input and can provide detailed text description of what's going on in the pictures. This new system is already being implemented in the real world, with Duolingo, Khan Academy and Morgan Stanley Wealth Management all embedding this new AI model in a variety of ways in their apps. The model is also significantly better than its predecessor, GPT 3.5, at handling text-based queries. For example, the previous AI model scored only within the 10th percentile in the Uniform Bar Exam, whereas the new model scores within the 90th percentile. Finally today, in the uplifting story, we discuss some new technology that could bring down costs at public swimming pools. In essence, one of the largest costs at such facilities is heating the pool. It takes a lot of energy to heat water, and as we all know, in the midst of the energy crisis, this isn't cheap. Well, as a solution to this problem, the tech startup Deep Green is trialling putting computer data processing centres beneath pools. The huge amount of excess heat produced by these centres in turn will heat up the pool water. In essence, it's a symbiotic relationship. The idea has taken off and about 20 pools could be upgraded this year alone. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of Prime Minister's questions and the budget, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula.
That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creator friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube. That's things like Real Life Law's incredible Modern Conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's Underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up and we'll see you on Nebula.